Welcome to NextCast, a podcast about teaching and learning at Humber College. I'm Nathan Whitlock, a professor at Humber College and an editor-at-large at Humber Press. This is our final episode of NextCast for this season. We're wrapping things up a little early for reasons that are probably obvious. This is also probably my last episode as NextCast's host. I want to thank Panit Waugh, who helped me start this three years ago, as well as Kristen Valois, who worked very hard over the past couple of years to keep it going. I would also like to thank everyone at Humber College who agreed to chat with me over the past three years. This being my final episode, we're doing something a little bit special. My guest is Chris Whitaker, the president of Humber College. I talked to Chris about how he is handling the current pandemic, about the decision to close Humber's campuses and move all of its programs online, and about how he thinks things are going. Welcome to NextCast, Chris. Thank you, Nathan. Glad to be here. Well, I know that uh, you're very busy. I appreciate you making time for this. I wanted to ask you just before we start talking about the, you know, the Humber specific questions and the mm-hmm. the Humber specific issues. How are you handling this this very strange time? Well, you know, it is uh, it, it is strange for all of us, which I think is an understatement. And uh, you know, there's some interesting learnings to be had for all of us, both personally and and professionally. And it has been a little. Uh, uh, challenging because all of us have been very housebound. I think we're into uh, the fourth week right now since I've been uh, working from home for the most part. And on the one hand, uh, it's good because I'm in the house. There's not a lot to do other than be focused at work. Uh, on the other hand, I just think as uh, as people were generally uh, sociable and, and we were and we have our habits to begin with, so it is just adjusting to the new uh, the new rhythms of things. Uh, but I must say, uh, for me, uh, work is keeping me busier than ever on the weekends and into the evenings right now. And obviously, the, the campuses are both closed, and they've been closed for a few weeks. When was the last time you physically saw your office and saw your desk? <laughs> yeah. yeah, so uh, so I actually did end up going in uh, about a week or so ago uh, because... Uh, I just didn't have enough technology at home, so I ended up just grabbing my desktop computer, which I never thought I would have to do, and bringing it home just because some of the functionality, I, I realized that I, I, it was very difficult for me to do video conferences and access documents on my OneDrive, for example, on the same device at the same time, so right. uh, I decided I needed to bring home a, another screen, so... Uh, the building uh, was very empty. It's always very strange when you go in there and, you know, you could shoot a cannon down the hall and nothing <laughs> happens. It's just, it's just so deserted. But uh, this is what we need to get through. And you mentioned bringing your desktop computer home. And uh, uh, before we started recording, we were talking about the idea. We're actually doing this on Zoom. Uh, mm-hmm. which which you're which you said you are new to i'm fairly new to it myself what are some new tech skills that you've you've developed during this weird time well you know it is uh it, it has been interesting and i you know i think you know being in our business as educators we're always interested in learning so you know i you know way back you know i have skyped before um mm-hmm. but uh and i've experimented a little bit with a, a number of other video conferencing platforms um, I've used WebEx before, uh, but I must say I've gotten, uh, and this is the first time I've Zoomed, and then uh, <laughs> I've also gotten more proficient in Google Hangouts and uh, and Teams, which seem to be uh, very popular. So a number of uh, uh, different boards and committees that I'm on, which would have historically maybe had 
well, face-to-face and or teleconferences, people are moving to the video conferencing now. Um, and I must say, uh, you know, I, I find some of those platforms very productive. And actually, you're able to run a meeting much more effectively than just a teleconference, which, you know, occasionally has people talking over each other and that type of thing. So it's nice to have the combination of video and the uh, and the chat function and, and uh, some of these uh, programs. So, I, well, I, apolo- I apologize for forcing you on to Zoom. No, it's great. You know what? You're, I, I have another Zoom thing coming up uh, about an hour after we finish. So, so this is great. So uh, hopefully uh, I don't mess up. <laughs> well, this is good practice then. <laughs> yeah. So I'm wondering just, you know, it's been a, it's been a month now pretty much since the mm-hmm. decision was made to, to close the campuses, put everything online. I'm wondering when you were having those decisions, those sort of high level decisions about bringing down that, mm-hmm. s- that, that steel door that yeah. closed everything off, what, were, what kinds of issues were, were topmost in your mind? Yeah, well, it was, uh, you know, it was a challenging time. And I remember just in, in the lead up to before we made the call, uh, and you could sort of see it coming and you could feel feel the pressure and you could feel uh, some of the, the tension because it's the uncertainty. So I think, you know, that that's the most difficult part is, is actually before you arrive at the decision. And then when you make the decision, you know, you sort of, you know, you get on with it and, and you uh, proceed to implement your plans. But when we were making the decision and, and uh, leading up to it, what was on my mind first and foremost were, were two things. You know, we are an institution uh, that is uh, very much focused, and our priority is teaching and learning and the success of our students. And in order to do that, you have to create an environment where students can learn effectively, but also our faculty can teach effectively, and we can also provide. Um, different wraparound supports, which uh, which help our students to be successful. And some of those, as we know, are inside the classroom and outside the classroom. So um, top of mind for me was, okay, um, we know this is not going to be perfect. We know that the priority is the health and well-being of our community, um, both Humber and more broadly defined. We have to do this thing, so we're going to make it work. And what's the best way to do it? So recognizing that we have hybrid models of learning we do online learning already Um, but you know the reality is is that neither the students nor the faculty and I think I can say that fairly were fully prepared to move um, at the speed with which we required everybody to move into this online format people weren't ready And, and we know that often you know sometimes you don't have the luxury of time to do things um, so there's you know obviously issues for students who who may not have access to technology or may not have a appropriate study space um, you know let alone the fact that our programs are often you know what I describe as high touch where we often have labs and they're dependent on collaborative uh, learning face-to-face uh, so you know the type of education that we provide that applied hands-on approach informed by theory is one which typically doesn't lend itself to an entirely online platform so all this stuff was going through my mind and we knew we had a huge challenge on our hand um, but at the same time I also know that we have a highly creative and uh, a dedicated group of people um, in all our employee groups at Humber and and so I know I knew that uh, uh, once this happened and this was the new reality, which every institution is experiencing, that I was pretty confident that our folks would uh, rise to the occasion and, and 
try to provide the best environment possible under these uh, less than ideal circumstances. I'm sure that you're having sort of uh, meetings by the hour with with various deans and and uh, you know uh, other people, other admin people. I'm wondering what kind of feedback you're getting from from the deans yeah. and, and so forth about how these classes are going, how the programs are handling it. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, and 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 you're right. The uh, the feedback I'm getting is from various levels. So you know, the academic folks are meeting continually. Uh, and, and, you know, to troubleshoot problems, to figure out how we can, you know, because we're basically building this thing as we go in, in many respects. And then also I'm in regular contact with colleagues at the 24 colleges around the province and we're comparing notes and, and seeing how things are going. The other place that we got feedback is we decided uh, just about the uh, second week into this that we were going to administer a student survey and we were going to ask students how it was going. We were going to ask them for direct feedback because the only way we can improve, uh, you know, you can get the anecdotal stuff, but it, it's good to actually go out and administer a survey. And then we can um, look at the data and look at some of the hot spots and see how we can address those things. So, you know, by and large, I think some of the, the results, both from the survey and the feedback that I'm getting, are not surprising. Um, as I said earlier, you know, we already have a number of faculty that are using online learning or remote learning, however you want to describe that to a certain extent. And then you have others that, you know, aren't so familiar with it. And so the challenge is that we do have variation in the type of delivery uh, happening, you know, across the board, because as you know, we have about 200 programs here at Humber. And, and so, um, we can't expect everything to be delivered the same way. We can't expect to have all the faculty up to speed on all the latest and greatest uh, tips or techniques of, of learning. And we also know that we have a combination of uh, full-time professors. We have part-time professors. And also, um, similar to the students, when you're asking people to do this remotely or from at home, some of them have uh, a better environment from which to operate than others. So, you know, definitely we knew going in it would be a challenge for faculty and, and we had a week to uh, work with faculty to develop plans to see how um, this would work before we launched and I think it's safe to say that you know we just need to approach this with a continuous improvement mindset uh, the winter semester you know we had a few weeks and it's going to be concluding and you know another week or so and then we will have four weeks before the summer semester which we delayed the start till May 19th so uh, we hope to do a lot of learning and tweaking it's a small set of programs in the summer and we've actually you know identified those ones that didn't require uh, significant you know lab uh, content so the ones that lent themselves best to being offered online are the ones that we'll be doing in the summer so we're learning as we go along to answer your question the feedback um, so I think people are are you know committed to trying to make this work but I think uh, the key is just to be you know honest and transparent and we're having and where we're having challenges uh, let's talk about it and see how we can support each other um, to make improvements. Um, the student survey um, was quite enlightening and not surprising either because we surveyed students on a variety of things, everything from the, you know, how are you doing question and how are you feeling to, you know, what do you think about the program delivery? And we've actually had over 10,000 students uh, complete the surveys um, uh, that were administered. These are students enrolled in the winter semester. Um, and and needless to say, you know, there's a lot of students that are, that are struggling. And there's various reasons 
assessments for students struggling, and and they're not all just related to the uh, new teaching and learning environment. I would say the main reason is because of you know general anxiety of the situation that you know we've all been forced into. Um, I think in the case of students, and and you know that students, uh, and and you know this yourself from your contact with students, that you know students have lives as we all do outside of outside of school and so they have jobs uh, if they've been if they've been able to keep them they have families they have bills to pay um, so I think there's this general anxiety out there and given what's happened um, with the uh, pandemic and a lot of people getting laid off we've got feedback from a lot of people that they've lost part-time work they've lost their income and when someone is worried about how they're going to pay their rent or where they're going to find money uh, to buy food or pay the bills it's and we can all we can all uh, appreciate this it's very difficult to be focused on your studies when you're worried about some of those basic needs so I would say that you know this is uh, you know this is a real challenge for all of us so when we take this feedback we look at it and say okay some of the programs um, you know students are struggling maybe they're not used to online learning or maybe the type of uh, online learning that we're asking them to engage in is something that uh, is not their strong suit. And so you have that and you layer over the uh, general anxieties that I just described. And that makes for a challenging situation. So one of the things, so what we're doing is, is trying to look at this data and say, okay, what are we already doing to support students both uh, inside the classroom and outside the classroom? And how do we work to, one, continuously improve the way we're delivering? So it, uh, uh, so uh, the students are, are more satisfied with what they're receiving online, but also how do we make available the various uh, student, the, the support services, student support services that we have available because students don't currently have access to library services. They don't have or direct face-to-face. They don't have direct right. face-to-face academic advising. They don't have uh, direct access to mental health services and counseling. So, so, you know, we're making those things available online. So it's really, you know, in a variety of ways, it's really created challenges for us. But I think I think interesting challenges because hopefully we'll learn from this and we'll be able to continue to apply a lot of these things just to uh, offer uh, a greater variety of uh, modes of having students engage with these services, um, both throughout the uh, pandemic and as we have to have modified uh, curriculum, and then afterwards when we come out of this as well. That uh, that anxiety you identify, it's 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 definitely real. It's palpable just in the, the conversations I've had mm-hmm. with uh, with students. And I think that student survey was a great idea. And I, I I've heard some of the results from that. And uh, and you're mm-hmm. right. It's not not particularly surprising, but it's a, a really you know powerful portrait of what's what they're going through right now. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Thinking of that. Uh, that anxiety, and I and I will say that I've always tried to start my emails with some variation on how are you doing, how's it going, mm-hmm. but that feels much more real right now. It feels less like just a, a nicety and feels more like a real, <laughs> a real question. Yeah. Um, I'm wondering if you have some advice for for students, but also you know faculties, for associate deans, for for Humber staff, for how mm-hmm. how to kind of get through this 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 anxious time. You know, we I've spent time talking to various people about you know about this as well, and and the anxiety you know can sort of overtake you if you if you let it sometimes, and and we all react differently to these things. So you know, so so I guess the number one thing that you know, we all need to do whether we're, you know, staff or students is that we have to 
understand that we're all experiencing, you know, this together. So we're all experiencing many of the same feelings at different levels. And we know that whether it's your, your online delivery or whether you're stuck at home and you can't get out for your groceries or do your regular routine, this is something, you know, we're, we're all in this together and we're separated from each other because we are all in this together. It's, it's such a very weird circumstance to be in. So we need to recognize that, of course, this isn't perfect. So we shouldn't expect things to go as well as they did before. And so in some cases, we need to modify our expectations of ourselves and others. And what that requires is, is patience and understanding. And I think, you know, sometimes that can be, you know, a, a commodity that's hard to come by when people are, are under a lot of pressures. And if, if you look at even what the, you know, provincial and federal governments are trying to do in terms of relief and you know, there's questions about, you know, the speed of that relief and how much and, and when. So, you know, things are coming, things, it's being recognized that people are undergoing this, but, but we still have to continue because, you know, if we're not patient, if we don't try to understand work people and work with people on this and be uh, collaborative, you know, what is the alternative really? The alternative to that only makes you uh, more anxious and makes the situation more difficult for everyone. So, so what I say to people is that, you know, we need to be patient. We need to understand that no one's perfect. I think it's important for all of us to be open to uh, any type of communication. And, that, and that's listening to people that are having a problem uh, for us at the college and for all of our staff, managers, faculty. It's, it's trying to listen. Um, try not to be judgmental about things. Try to be supportive. We need to keep uh, communicating with each other because that's the only way that we can actually maintain relationships during this time of, of isolation. And so if we continue to communicate, at least we know where things stand. We have some contact with each other and, uh, and hopefully with a little patience uh, and understanding that we're all in it together uh, and we, we need to approach this with the spirit of continuous improvement, um, hopefully we can get through this. And, and, I, and I shouldn't say hopefully because I, I know we will get through this. I know when we're in the middle of it now, it's difficult to see any light at the end of the tunnel. But I think we should at least, you know, recognize, you know, given the experience of uh, countries that have come out of this and, and were into it before us and came out of it earlier than us, that this will end at some point in time. And I think it's that uncertainty adds a level of anxiety as well, because we can't, it doesn't really feel like it's going to end. But I would just say to people, you know, we need to have patience. Uh, we need to understand that everybody's doing the best they can with less than an ideal situation. And uh, in terms of the college and our students, we are here to support our students, although we know that's not perfect. So I can tell you that I'm, I'm confident in talking to our uh, managers, uh, staff and faculty that Everybody is doing the best they can under this less than ideal situation. Everybody at the college is acting professionally and doing that at the same time as they're all managing their own personal stress and their own families and their and their parents and their children and their financial concerns. So really, we're all experiencing a lot of the same stuff. We just need to be patient and understanding. And, and I think... You know, there's some great lessons to be learned for all of us as individuals and as a society after this. And I'm hopeful that when we get out of this, which is in the not too distant future, that we'll all be stronger as a result. And uh, maybe uh, we'll have a better organization and a better world. So uh, that's the other last point is to remain positive. You just got to, you know, think positively all the time because it's much better than the alternative. 
Well, thank you so much, Chris. I, I really do appreciate that. And I think you're right. Patience, understanding, communication, compassion, and, mm-hmm. and uh, that, that all is gonna, that's all going to get us through. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, it's great talking to you, Nathan. I appreciate the opportunity. Thank you so much. Okay. Take care. This episode of NextCast was produced by me in my basement for Humber Press. Special thanks to Megan Strymus. Just a reminder that all previous episodes of NextCast are available for free on SoundCloud and iTunes. There are also free downloadable transcripts for every episode available at humberpress.com. Thanks, and whether or not I see you next time, that is still not a pun. Thanks.